Hey, I'm Josh Elledge, the Chief Executive Angel at SavingsAngel.com, and welcome to the Savings Angel Show. I'm podcasting to you from Orlando, Florida on a Winnie the Pooh kind of blustery day. Now, I'm an extremely busy consumer expert, money-saving advocate, syndicated newspaper columnist, and the guy that turns digital entrepreneurs into media celebrities at upmyinfluence.com. I love what I do, and I can't wait to get going on today's episode. So in order to help you save more, earn more, and live more abundantly on today's show, I'm going to be covering six ways to save money for a rainy day that actually work. We're going to talk about why you should be saving your receipts and earning money. And finally, you're going to love this segment, and I want everybody to know this information. What happens when you lose your wallet? Well, I'm here to tell you, don't panic. Do these simple things instead, and everything is going to be A-OK. So with that, let's get going. Now, life throws so many curves that it's not if you'll need money for a rainy day. It's a matter of when. But knowing we should save up money doesn't necessarily mean that we do. Experts vary on how much you should have, but few recommend less than $1,000. Now, some recommend more based on family circumstances, and with the consideration that prices have increased in recent years, well, either way, all agree we should have an emergency fund. Don't get stressed out. I've rounded up six ways to save money for a rainy day and They actually work. You ready? Write this down. This is good stuff. And get ready. By the way, click share on this episode. I promise if there was an episode that is going to be so valuable for the people you love, it's going to be this one. We, you and me, we're going to save a lot of stress. We're going to improve a lot of lives and we're going to increase abundance together. So please click share and share this on your Facebook feed whatever uh, feed you frequent and make sure to tag me at savings angel, or you can even tag at Josh Elledge. Go find me and tag me. And uh, I would love to see that together you and I are spreading this message of abundance here. Here we go. Six ways to save money for a rainy day that actually work. Number one, set up automatic payroll disbursements into separate accounts. Now, most employers offer the ability to divide your paycheck up to be sent into multiple accounts of your choice. By not having your paycheck go into your main expenses account, you can guarantee your emergency savings are growing every pay period. You'll protect your money so you're not spending everything you make. You just have to get it out of sight, out of mind, and it will naturally accumulate. Number two, Take on freelance or seasonal work or do odd jobs for a specific length of time. Now, different than simply getting a second job, this is a temporary situation. Your goal is not to work a second job indefinitely. You're looking for things you can do expressly for extra cash to fund your emergency savings. This is money for a rainy day. Now, you might take on seasonal work, do freelance consulting, help a friend with a large project for her business. So all you need to do is just decide what work you could offer that fits your schedule and will help you reach your total savings goal. Number three, pay yourself your coupon savings. Now, here's how this works. Whenever you use a coupon of any kind for any purchase, note the amount you saved. If you 
hadn't used the coupon, maybe you would have saved $2.30 more, for example. Now, once a week, add up all those amounts and transfer the amount you saved by using coupons into your emergency fund account. Now, the philosophy is that you would have spent that money without the coupon. So pay yourself the savings. Number four, schedule automatic transfers. Now, online banking allows you to set up scheduled automatic transfers from one bank account to another. You can set up as many as you'd like at time intervals that work for your budget. Now, that may be once a month, every two weeks, or even weekly. You set the timing and the amounts. The best thing about automatic transfers is that they force you to save. You don't need to remember every month to do it. In fact, you may hardly even notice the small drops in your regular expenses account each time the money moves to your emergency fund account. Again, if you're relying on your good intentions Good luck with that. I mean, you have to be pretty disciplined. But if it's automatic, you don't have to think about it. You know what? It's much more likely to happen. Number five, sell a large something or a lot of small somethings. Now, in our busy lives, it's inevitable that we accumulate things we don't really need anymore. Those that practice and teach the art of simpler living, looking at you, Marie Kondo, say that if an item no longer sparks joy, get rid of it. There are multiple options for selling items you no longer can use or no longer want or simply find one that works for you and do it. Go through closets, drawers, cupboards, the garage, the basement, anywhere things live at your house. Now, once you start gathering, you may be surprised at how many things you didn't even realize you had. Then decide how you'll sell through online, local yard sales, consignment shops, physical yard sales, eBay, or other methods. And then commit to getting the stuff sold quickly. Number six is the last one here. Try the 52-week money challenge. Now, this savings challenge uses the power of commitment and growth over time. The basic idea is that each week, you increase the amount you save to match the number of weeks you're in. So, In week one, you save $1. Week two, $2, and so on until week 52, when you're going to save $52. You could do this because if you do, without missing a week or falling below that week's money commitment, you will have. How much do you think you'll have by the end of the year? Hang on. I'll wait. Guess. What's your number? You will have $1,000. Three hundred seventy-eight dollars saved up at the end. Exactly how you come up with your necessary amount each week, it's up to you. In the first couple of months, setting aside a few dollars a week is pretty painless. But as you continue, you'll need a plan, such as skipping going out to eat or suspending buying any new clothing or shoes. The power of this money challenge is the desire to see your commitment through, especially after you've worked it for a number of months already. So there you go. Six very simple ways that you could save money for a rainy day that actually work. I want this for you. I want you to have that extra thousand or so dollars sitting aside in the bank. What I don't want you to do is have a messy situation and then you end up just throwing it on a credit card because it exceeds your monthly budget. I want abundance for you. You and me, we could do this together. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for subscribing to this podcast where I can give you these simple ideas every single week on The Savings Angel Show. And let's continue on with more saving and living abundantly. 
So did you know that you can install this cool new app? It is the Swagbucks Answer app, and it's for iOS and Android. And you can earn Swagbucks by snapping photos of your receipts and sharing them in the app. Now, if you haven't tried the receipt scanning feature in the SB Answer app, I encourage you to give it a try. It's actually a super easy way to earn Swagbucks for the stuff you're doing already. Plus, for a limited time, you can take advantage of these great deals. At Best Buy in US and Canada, you get 50 swag bucks per receipt. Target, you get an additional 10 swag bucks per receipt. Shoppers Drug Mart up there in Canada, you get 10 swag bucks per receipt. Now, for those of you who have already earned swag bucks for uploading receipts, swag bucks has listened to your feedback and have made some significant improvements to help you earn even more SB. That's their currency. Now, Swagbucks is going international. You can now earn Swagbucks for uploading your receipts in the US and Canada. Plus, later this spring, they're going to be launching over in the UK. Now, there's also more eligible stores and restaurants across North America. You ready for this? Just listen up. Grocery stores and supermarkets like Albertsons, Aldi, H-E-B, Food Lion, Kroger, Safeway, Whole Foods, and Winn-Dixie, just to name a few. They got big box and department stores like Walmart, Costco, Bed Bath & Beyond, JCPenney, Kohl's, Macy's, Marshall's, Nordstrom, Old Navy, Target, TJ Maxx, etc. They got drug stores, Shopper Drug Mart, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, etc. Electronic stores like Apple stores, Best Buy, Home Improvement stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, Ace Hardware, Beauty Cosmetic stores like Bath & Body Works, Ulta Beauty, Sephora, Convenience stores, 7-Eleven, Circle K, Quick Trip, Wawa, pet stores like Petco and PetSmart, and finally, sports and outdoors like Cabela's, Bass Pro Shops, Dick's Sporting Goods, and more. Well, that pretty much covers all the stores. Now, previously, there was a limit of five receipts per week. That has now increased to 10 receipts per week. Now, each week starts on Friday at 3 p.m., so you can get all your weekend shopping done at the front of that. Also, previously, you could not submit receipts more than five days old. Well, guess what? Swagbucks accept receipts up to 10 days now. If you found a receipt while cleaning up your purse or pocket, just upload it and earn before you throw it away. Coming this spring, you can receipt share on all your devices. So you can use your computer, your mobile web, and soon Swagbucks will be making receipt sharing available on the Answer homepage, allowing you to upload receipts from your computer when you're not using the app. So why is this important to you? Well, when you share receipts, you significantly improve your chances of qualifying for more surveys. Now, if we know, like if Swagbucks knows that you've participated or you visited a particular store or restaurant, you could target relevant surveys to you and it'll give you the opportunity to share your opinion on your shopping and dining experiences. So to get started, if you're not using Swagbucks, you are leaving money on the table. They're paying you for the stuff that you're already doing. Very, very simple. You just go to savingsangel.com slash Swagbucks, all one word, savingsangel.com, lots of savings, one angel, that's me, dot com slash Swagbucks. And let's start snapping, let's start saving, let's start earning. Okay, I promised you this last one was going to be a doozy. Have you lost your wallet? Don't panic. Here's what to do. Now, a few months ago, a friend of mine lost her wallet for the first time ever. She was upset and understandably nervous, she immediately began working on what she knew to do. Now, if you've ever lost your wallet, you understand the panic. And if you never have, 
you need to know what to do. Step one, first, return to the last place you're positive you had it as soon as possible. Ask any staff members or others in the area if they've seen it. And if it doesn't turn up within 10 minutes or so of asking and looking, proceed to step number two. Now, if you're unable to return right away to where you last recall having it, complete steps two and three immediately. Even if someone found your wallet and is keeping it safe, it's best not to wait. Here we go. You ready for step two? Above all, call and alert your bank first because an unscrupulous person could empty your entire account before you even realize your wallet is gone. This should be your first call. Most banks and credit cards come with extensive fraud protection, but the longer you wait to inform them, the more suspicious it can look and it can end up taking longer to make things right. And what you don't want to do is have an avalanche of problems because someone empties out your account and everything starts bouncing and it becomes a big mess. So by calling right away, it's going to put a freeze on your account. Not only does this prevent any new charges from being approved, it's going to help remove suspicion. Now, Typically, the bank will give you the option to either close your bank card and receive a new one or put a 24-hour freeze on your card. Putting a 24-hour freeze is a good option if you're not sure you actually lost it. Now, promptly closing the card is the best choice if you're not sure where you're wallet might be, and especially if you suspect it might actually be stolen. Now, when you're on the phone, a bank representative will verbally review any recent charges. Not only does this help reduce fraud, reviewing the recent activity will put your mind at ease. Most bank representatives will encourage you to call your credit card company next. And that's step three. (laughs) Call and alert any and all credit card companies. Don't forget store credit cards you might have been carrying. The process is almost identical to that of your bank. And just like banks, most credit card reps are very thorough and will ask you if you've already called your bank or not in case you haven't. Now, what if you don't know the number for your bank or credit cards? Now, all companies post them online, so use your mobile number to locate the numbers. Now, if you don't have a mobile phone or don't have mobile data, just ask somebody nearby if they will help you so you don't lose any time in placing your calls. Most people are sympathetic and will do whatever they can to assist you. Step four, call or better yet, visit your local police department right away. The next call you should place or next stop you should make is to your local police department. There isn't much they can do about a lost wallet. However, filing a report can help if you become the victim of identity theft from a lost wallet. And you never know, some honest, caring soul may have actually turned in your wallet there. This is what my friend found out less than one hour after she realized her wallet was gone. I remember when I lost a leather jacket back in the, <laughs> this would trust me, this is a very early 90s kind of Michael Jackson looking thing. <laughs> Uh, the thief should have kept it, uh, but actually it got stolen. And uh, so I was in the Navy at the time. I was at some all ages club type thing. There was some band playing and I lost my jacket. And I was in the UP of Michigan, of all places, where you kind of don't want to lose your jacket. Well, it turned out I set it down somewhere. It got taken. Crazy enough, the police found it. And I don't, they didn't tell me all the details, but they actually uh, were tipped off to a thief that had stolen a bunch of other stuff. And because I filed a a, a report, I actually got the jacket back. I don't think I wore it much longer. I was stationed in Hawaii at the time, didn't 
really need a jacket like that. But look, uh, you never know. So uh, uh, very important, do call the police. Step five, check your social media. Even though it seems like a weird step, honest people and even local police might be trying to reach you via platforms like Facebook if they found your wallet. Now, of course, do not post that you lost your wallet. Only check to see if you have some messages from any kind stranger or local law enforcement. Now, if you do have a message from someone claiming to have your wallet, request that they meet you at the local police station just to be safe. Honest people will have no problem with this. Step six, contact and cancel or change your payment information on all subscriptions and automatic payments. Now, reviewing your bank and credit card statements online will help you with this list. Most banks will have a new card to you within days at most. Now, in particular, this helps ensure you don't miss any important payments. You don't want to get in trouble just in case they ding you or penalize you for some reason because the charge didn't go through. You don't want to have your utilities turned off, etc. Step seven, get a new driver's license or state ID. Although this step is probably the most time-consuming and dreaded, it is crucial. Step eight, work on replacing all other cards and IDs. Don't put off calling places where you had a membership like your gym, club stores, even libraries. Let them know your ID is lost, so you need a replacement. Step nine, put a fraud freeze on your credit report. This prevents any new lines of credit being opened in your name. Any attempts to open credit will be declined and flagged. Do be aware that starting a freeze is easy, but removing it is not. However, it is a necessary step due to rampant identity theft. Now, here's a bonus step. What I would recommend is that you empty the contents of your wallet. What you want to do is you want to stack them in such a way you don't want to take a picture of the actual numbers and stuff, but you do want to stack them in such a way so that you can have a visual reminder of all of the stuff in your wallet, okay? If there's nothing personal or personally identifying on there, that's fine. Uh, but you do want to see like the logos. You want some sort of a list. Now, this would be if you got a wallet filled with stuff. Now, if you've got a visual reminder of all the things in your wallet or purse, it'll be much easier remembering what all the stuff is that you need to get replaced. Again, when you take this picture, cover up the credit card numbers, your driver's license number. It just, it's added security. You don't need that in the picture necessarily, but you do need some sort of reminder just in case you're like, man, I don't even remember what I had in there. Now, it might be an easy way to kind of de-junk everything. But look, most of us, uh, you know, we we keep what we need in there. Uh, look, I, if this should happen to you, uh, God bless you. It, it's it's a crummy thing to happen if it if your wallet didn't get it indeed get stolen. I want to help you pick up the pieces as quickly as possible and get on with your amazing abundant life. Now, if you've loved hearing everything in this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. People need this information. You and I together can change lives. I recommend taking a screenshot and posting this podcast right now on Facebook or wherever you hang out most. You know how to do a screenshot? Just, you know, kind of push the buttons on the side or however you do it on Android and post it to social media and say, check this episode out. As always, 
If you have any specific questions, if there's something you'd like to hear me talk about, you can drop me a comment or podcast feedback, write to me on our Facebook group. It's what all the cool kids are doing and even us uncool kids are doing. Um, you could call my podcast hotline. It's 407-205-9250. You could leave me a message. I will answer your question, write you back or with your permission. I might even share your question or story with others on this show. With that, my friend, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week full of saving more, earning more, and living more abundantly. Oh, oh, hey, hey, you're still listening. I wanted to especially thank you. Yes, you. Why? Because episode 242 celebrates our fifth full year of the Savings Angel Show. That's right. 242 episodes, five years of serving you, my friend. This is why God put me on the earth. I love doing what I do, and I love the fact that I can help you. I can help your family. I can help your friends. Uh, I, I absolutely am so honored to be the savings angel. And uh, I again, I just want to say thank you so much for five marvelous years, however long you've been listening. I'm just so thankful for all the value uh, that, that God has allowed me to provide in your life. Have a wonderful day.